Time for the first real test of the 2022 season. Next on this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Waits for it. Yes, Brady gets terrific. Closer and a touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got him. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. Seven, 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Bo Schembechler. And here's your first play. Pressure coming, sack. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Ron Robinson and Michigan. championship again because we're going to play as a team. And when we play as a team and the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Go Blue. Welcome to this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. I'm Steve Dace, and the time for a testing has arrived. We're heading into mid-October, but this will be the first real test for your Michigan Wolverines. We'll break it all down for you here in just a moment. But first, a word about our partners and friends over at Price Picks. Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy. Just pick two to five players and over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. This Michigan football season, I'm going to be making my picks for Michigan games when they provide them, and they have them for this week. I'm doubling up on J.J. McCarthy this week. I'm going J.J. McCarthy over 217 and a half passing yards and over. 18 and a half completions. I think Michigan is not going to be able to just line up and run it down Penn State's throat. On the other hand, Penn State's pass defense has not been good so far this year. I think Michigan found something in the second half with J.J. last week getting his first 300-yard game. I think that they will put the game back in his hands this week against Penn State. So I'm doubling up with J.J. McCarthy over his passing yards and completions this week with prize picks. So far this season, I'm 7-7. and on my prize pick selections here on the show, so you may decide to follow or you may decide to fade. Prize Picks, the award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. It's the best legal way to play player props in states like California, Florida, Texas, and of course, 
Michigan. When you download the Prize Picks app today, set up your account, use the promo code Michigan, and you'll get an instant deposit match of up to 100 bucks. That's right. Download the Prize Picks app today on the Apple iStore, Apple App Store, I should say, or Google Play, and then use the promo code Michigan when you sign up, and you'll get an instant deposit match from Prize Picks for up to 100 bucks. Now back to the show, and the Wolverines and Penn State will square off in what is the first matchup of top 10 teams this Big Ten football season. The two largest alumni bodies in the world, two of the winningest programs, two of the bluest blue bloods, and I'm a little nervous. Here's why I'm nervous. Looking at the matchups, I think this game favors Michigan in several different places. But here's why I'm nervous. Call me nuts. But Michigan is power rated over Penn State, especially at home, by about double digits. And those guys out in the desert that know more than absolutely anybody does open this game up at 7. They've got the best power ratings. When I say Michigan is power rated by double digits over Penn State, I'm talking their power ratings. And yet they opened up Penn State at just 7. Early sharp money came in, bet enough on Penn State to move the line down to six and a half. That has me a little bit concerned. Now, if it weren't for that, here's why I'm confident. Michigan and Georgia are the only two teams in the country who analytically are in the top 10 in offense, defense, and special teams. That makes you a well-balanced team. That makes you very difficult to beat. Because on any given Saturday, especially against a good team like Penn State, you're not going to have all three of those things cranking. But it's also unlikely that all three of those things will face plant as well. You look at what Michigan has discovered in the passing game with J.J. McCarthy. Penn State's pass defense this year has not been good. Well, Steve, Penn State's played a lot more difficult schedule. I mean, Michigan's schedule strength is 110th. It's not good. But Penn State's schedule strength is only 70th. It's not that great either. Hey, nice win at Auburn. Any win on the road in the SEC is good, but Auburn is clearly the worst team in the SEC not named Vanderbilt. That program is in disarray right now. Struggled with Central Michigan, struggled with Northwestern. The only quarter, the only coach, in, the only big name coach with a worst record on the road against ranked teams than Jim Harbaugh is, well, James Franklin. And the last two times that Penn State came here and played in front of a crowd, they got slobber-knocked, molly-whopped, curb-stomped in 2018 and 2016. So I think there's a lot that favors Michigan in this game. We're going to be commemorating the 25th anniversary of the 1997 National Championship team. I think that'll put the stadium on max lit. It's a maze out that always provides max lit at Michigan Stadium. I think there's going to be a lot of emotion after what was a near tragedy with Mike Hart collapsing on the sidelines. We still don't know exactly why Fox said a seizure, but nobody at Michigan has confirmed that. So you know there'll be some kind of honoring of one of the greatest running backs in Michigan football history as well. There's a lot of emotion going into this. Michigan comes home after a successful road swing. Uh, Michigan has a bye the following week, so it can put all of its energy into this one. There's a lot working in Michigan's favor here. So I'm a little concerned that the line seems to be baiting you 
into going with the Wolverines. We shall see. Sean Clifford, by the way, ranked 53rd in the nation in pass efficiency. J.J. McCarthy ranked 5th. Sean Clifford ranked 56th in the nation in QBR. That's the formula they use for quarterbacks in the NFL when it's applied to college players. J.J. McCarthy, 12th. I mean, I just, I think there's a lot here that favors the Wolverines. So why are we being baited into taking a short number? Hmm. But in the end, all that matters, just get the W. It's a matchup of top 10 teams. You don't need style points this week. Don't have to worry about margin this week. The only margin that matters is did you have one more point than the Nittany Lions at the end of the game come Saturday? But it's a big moment. Michigan, if they lose, has two weeks to think about it. And then we'll be heavily favored in the next four games. Michigan State, Rutgers, Nebraska, and Illinois. Michigan will be double-digit plus favorites in all of those games. Likely looking at being 10-1 and at worst going into Columbus at the end of the year. But if you lose this one to Penn State, well, now you need the Nittany Lions to lose twice. Looking at their schedule, they've got Ohio State. Is there a second loss on that schedule? So a lot riding on this game, just as it was a year ago, this was the game that guaranteed that Michigan would at worst be in the Rose Bowl, and then the next week they beat Ohio State and end up getting the Big Ten Championship. So there's a lot riding. Penn State uh, is is trying to restore a lot of pride lost in the program after going 11-11 and the previous 22 games heading into this season. So we shall see. In the end, I think the environment and the home field will push the Wolverines past the Nittany Lions, but I'm not as confident as I was since I saw what the odd or what the lines made by the odds maker on the game actually are. Let's find out about that and more from our good friend Mark Rogers, the only, perhaps literally only, reasonable bucknut in the world. We'll talk to him here next. Time now for the 10-Minute War here on Michigan Podcast, which means we bring in our good friend and maybe the world's one and only somewhat at least reasonable Buckeye fan. His name is Mark Rogers. He himself has a great channel right here on YouTube, The Voice of College Football. Make sure you're checking it out to get complete coverage of the greatest game ever invented, correspondents, stringers from really every major program in the country. That's what they do year-round. It is good to see you again, my friend. And uh, Michigan heads into its biggest game of the year, maybe uh, so far, maybe second biggest game of the season. Uh, until we get to the game at the end of the year. The Wolverines and the SP Analytics are one of only two teams, Georgia being the other mark, that rank in the top 10 in both offense, defense, and also special teams. So your thoughts about how prepared you think Michigan is for Penn State on Saturday, and vice versa for that matter. Yeah, this is... uh... Quite the showdown, as Jim Harbaugh put it. I think he gave it like three big, 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 big games. Uh, There are 63 games played in the Big Ten every year, if you do the math. And this is one of the three largest, biggest games. It's, It's titanic. It's monumental until somebody in the Big Ten Western Division proves that it can play well in a championship game and truly compete, which would be 2023, I guess, at the earliest. This is one of the three games that counts in this conference. And a couple things that come to mind would be we've got two coaches that have typically historically struggled in top 10 matchups, uh, mostly on the road, though. So that puts James Franklin in that uh, hot seat 
uh, right now uh, coming to Ann Arbor is uh, roughly a seven-point underdog. So we, we have a quarterback situation with J.J. McCarthy and with Sean Clifford where you've got um, almost, uh, for those detractors in the Penn State camp of Sean Clifford, and I tend to be more of a Sean Clifford apologist, uh, it's almost uh, a J.J. McCarthy, Cade McNamara type situation where Drew Aller's waiting in the wings and he has shown us brief glimpses, nowhere close to what J.J. had showed us with his opportunities, but uh, that they may not be playing the best or the most talented quarterback. But for right now, it's Sean Clifford. Um, you know, the, the Penn State running game, I'm going to draw that as the biggest difference between what we have seen out of Penn State in recent years versus what they may be bringing to the big house on Saturday and save the one dynamic NFL first rounder in Saquon Barkley as being kind of the aberration, just an offense unto himself. Uh, the combination of offensive line and the two young backs that they have in Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton, uh, that this might be the best, best, potentially the best Penn State ground attack that we've seen since Joe Paul was around. And, and so I think that's going to be a key factor in this game as well as on the Michigan side, they just don't have the capability of running the ball. They have the capability of running the ball against anyone. When you rack up close to 200 yards against Iowa's rush defense, then that means you can do it against anyone. And even when they know you're going to run the football and Blake Corm and the offensive line on that side has been that good. This matchup truly intrigues me because I think the talent, um, is equivalent on both sides. They're very similar teams, not necessarily in regards to every schematic breakdown we could make, but more from a personnel standpoint. I, I liken them very much outside of the quarterback position um, on both sides of the ball to be very similar teams. Yeah, for J.J. McCarthy, you've mentioned him. He is fifth in the country right now in passer rating. Sean Clifford is 53rd. He is 12th in the country right now in QBR, and that is where you apply the NFL, you know, metric of rating quarterbacks to collegiate quarterbacks. He's 12th in the country. Sean Clifford is 56th, and I think where that stat is meaningful is the QBR is more favorable to quarterbacks that run. And although J.J. is a very mobile quarterback, Michigan has not asked him to run that much, particularly since Cade went out uh, because they are worried about him taking hits, where that is a a key feature for Sean Clifford, uh, particularly on third and three, third and four, uh, for him to, to to turn that into uh, a running play with his legs. Do those numbers tell you anything or nothing? Well, the QBR, in addition to what you just pointed out, I think is a, a much uh, more valid statistic because it uh, relates the success of a play to the game situation. So if you throw a three-yard pass, what does that mean? Well, in the pass efficiency stat, it doesn't matter what the situation is. It's right. a three-yard completion. Well, you just threw a three-yard touchdown pass to win the football game, and that's a highly successful play mm -hmm. versus it being third and 22, and you th threw a three-yard completion. So the QBR, to me, is much more valid statistic. Uh, yeah, there's, there's no comparison between these two players in regards to their physical skills. And Sean Clifford has somewhat routinely made a couple bad plays that his team has had to overcome. We saw it against Purdue, where not just the pick six with about six or seven minutes left in the game that seemingly lost the game for Penn State, but he had three or four consecutive drives that I went back and looked at uh, before he put the, the drive together that won the game, and he somehow 
uh, pulled it all together and threw some really good balls on that final drive. But he had four consecutive drives where he was just missing guys and he was just out to lunch. And he can't have that kind of stretch, most likely can't have that kind of stretch against Michigan, and he is prone to that. You got to think, don't you, Mark, both teams are going to have similar game plans here. I mean, Indiana last week, I, I kept waiting for Iowa to do this. I know it is not characteristic for them to get outside of their base system. It's one of the things that's both adorable uh, or endearing, maybe is a better word, both endearing and frustrating for Hawkeye fans and their opponents is they don't change their scheme or system for nobody, regardless, unless it's a dramatic situation in a game. But I, I kept waiting for them on those zone reads or bluff run looks to crash down and just say, you know what, even if McCarthy keeps one of these and houses us in a crease, we cannot let Blake Corum just keep, keep getting six, seven, eight yards a crack and bleeding us dry, bleeding the clock dry. We don't have a big play offense. We can't just you know, keep allowing that to happen. And Iowa never did. Now, Indiana, with Tom Allen as a head coach, you know, a guy as a defensive coordinator, they were really the first team this year to come in and say, all right, we're stacking the box. And even that great run that you know, Blake Horm had on the opening drive, that was Barry Sanders stuff. I mean, he, he jukes out four guys and breaks two tackles. That was not a play where there was a, a, a crease to go 50 yards. And so that was the first time, and you know, Jimmy admitted at halftime, that the big adjustment they made, uh, other than you know settling the team down, that Mike Hart was okay and letting them hear from Coach that he was all right and get refocused, the big adjustment they made was it was finally time to put the game in J.J. McCarthy's hands. That Indiana was just coming downhill on every snap, gap blitzing every single gap, just daring Michigan to say, hey, throw the football against us. And that was the first time someone has said, all right, we're going to dare J.J. McCarthy to beat us. Do you, I, I think Michigan will do the same thing. I think Michigan is going to say, we're going to demand Sean Clifford make three or four of these kinds of throws before we see that we're going to let, you know, these young running backs and your resurgent offensive line run the football against us. Do you agree with that? And then do you agree that Penn State is going to say, all right, five-star recruit, show us you can do it two weeks in a row. What do you think? Yeah, so of course you put the game into Sean Clifford's hands if you're the Michigan defense. That's just the way to do it because he's just not, for as much as, again, Sean Clifford apologist, and that's more from the toughness standpoint where I saw him beat, battered and beat up and bruised and carrying an offense that mm -hmm. had one of the worst five rushing attacks in college football on his back for the entire season, and he weathered the storm and he played well late, and I just admired that. But talent wins and execution and consistent execution of that talent. So he has the arm talent to make Michigan pay, but he generally doesn't do it consistent enough um, to make you pay. So that's, that's more of a uh, obvious call. I think on the Michigan side, on the Penn state side, I think that they have because of Blake Corum's just dynamic uh, open field running. And because of JJ McCarthy's, uh, just, you know, you're talking about a guy that's not just super talented in both phases of the running and passing games, but also he's been very consistent and he's making the right decisions. You can kind of, you know, do if you do, you know, die if you do and die if you don't kind of Manny Diaz uh, has that decision to make in regards to that. But uh, that's where I'm a little bit more intrigued because uh, I do think that Penn State is the athletes to do some things, of course, 
in the attack mode that Indiana doesn't and other teams, even Iowa, uh, does not. But Manny Diaz it does have a bit of a gambler's mentality and has it in the past as a defensive coordinator. And we'll see if he really trusts his athletes um, in this game. So what's your outlook? What do you say or what do you see happening on Saturday? Now, the power ratings have Michigan with the home field about a double digit favorite. What I find fascinating is the odds makers open the game at seven. In clear violation of their own power ratings. So they're taking a position on the game. They're, they're taking a pro Penn State position on the game. Early sharp action in a lot of places bet the game down to six and a half. So that's something I think that is worth noting. But how do you see it? How, how would you analyze it? Well, we opened up with the track records of the two coaches on the road against quality opponents, and that doesn't bode well for James Franklin. History doesn't bode well in the big house for him, despite what we saw in 2020. Put that aside, and he's gotten drubbed the last two times with really good football teams going to Michigan. I somehow, I I am going to um, spit logic in the face and I've got a good feeling about this Penn State team and I have the entire season. By the way, it'll also be the 25th anniversary commemoration of the 1997 national championship team. A lot of those guys will be back in town um, and May's out as well for Michigan. And then you have to think, you know, with the Mike Hart thing. I mean, Michigan's playing every emotional angle in this game possible. So, uh, we'll see, but we'll see what kind of an atmosphere that presents for uh, the Nittany Lions uh, come noon on Saturday. Good to see you as always, my friend. Hope you're wrong, but appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Steve. We'll see you next time. This week's Twitter poll results: We asked you, what long injured player? Does Michigan need most back or most need back for the second half of the season? I included Trent A. Jones, who just got hurt because Harbaugh is saying high ankle sprain, and that's going to be a few weeks. Overwhelmingly, Nakai Hill Green, 47% of you voted for him. That would have been my vote. Apparently, you've been watching our linebackers this year, so you made the right vote. 30% for Eric All, 12 or 13% for Cade McNamara, 10% for the aforementioned Trente Jones. Our feedback of the week this week. Kevin Everard, I think that's how that's pronounced. Uh, do you think Michigan could go 11-1 and and miss out on the Big Ten East but still make the college football playoff? Well, ESPN's FPI this week gives Michigan almost twice as good odds of making the playoffs as it does of winning the Big Ten. So, yes, I do think it's possible. Now, I, I also think you're looking at the increasing likelihood that a UCLA or a USC is a one-loss champion out of the Pac-12, the increasingly, the increasing likelihood that Clemson is at worst a one-loss champion out of the ACC, and they're going to take a one-loss power conference champion over a one-loss team that didn't win its division, particularly with Michigan lacking some marquee non-conference victory to hang its hat on. But I don't think those chances are as good now as I thought maybe before the season because I think Clemson and USC and UCLA have turned out to be a little bit better than I thought they were going to be before the season. But I do think there are better than nothing chances. Like, I mean, if it's, well, say it's 2006 all over again. Michigan and Ohio State are 1-2 in the country, and it's 42-39. to Michigan, almost in the BCS era, got a second crack at the national championship. They finished third. 
I could certainly see in that scenario, Michigan get one of those chances. But I still think they would need for there to not be a one-loss power conference champion in that scenario. Here's a better idea. Just go win that cotton-picking thing and you don't have to worry about it. That's what we did last year. A good question. That'll do it for this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. We'll be back again next week with a full review of the first half of the season heading into the bye and where things stand coming down the stretch here of the maize and blue season. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, share, follow, whichever applies, wherever, however you watch or listen, like right here on YouTube or you listen on iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Help us to find more Michigan fans just like you. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter in between episodes at Michigan Podcast as well. Until the next time, let's hope we're doing this next week 7 and 0. I'm Steve Dace, Go Blue. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.